Welcome to the original Vegan Business Talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode. And today we have David Gaucher, right? Did I get it right? 100%, man. That was great. There we go. (laughs) Perfect. And he is the founder of Holy Veggie. Uh, plant-based meals and snacks. And uh, I love what you guys are doing. So I'm just going to let you explain a little bit, you know, uh, how did wh- how did you get to where you are today and how did you, this all come about? Absolutely, man. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Like I was saying, uh, just as we started, um, it's always great to see people that do stuff that I truly believe in and what you're about. Uh, with your organization is something that is near and dear to my heart. So when somebody like yourself reaches out to us and, you know, wants to have our point of view on what we're doing, it's really exciting. It's really humbling. So thank you for the platform and thank you for all the guests here that are here today, just to to, to sort of listen to us, shoot the shit here and talk about Holy Veggie. So uh, Holy Veggie, well, you know, Holy Veggie, our, our, our brand, our company was founded on the idea of making it easier to eat more vegetables. That was like the core ethos of the company and right. how we do that is by creating food made from vegetables that's super convenient very much delicious and in formats that people know and love right and i guess why we do that which is fairly intuitive when i say it but uh we can unpack that later why we do it is because it's healthier to eat more vegetables obviously and it's also a much more sustainable way of feeding the planet by encouraging people to eat more vegetables at the expense of some more traditional you know, animal farm food products that they would normally consume. So that is holy veggie in a nutshell. And uh, yeah. That's amazing. So what year did, what year did you start? So we started five and a half years ago and uh, uh, I'm actually a co-founder. So my business partner, uh, John uh, and I, we actually met working for a meat company. And so uh, people joke about us being the meat guys turned veggie guys and right. uh, you know, I, back then I was a hardcore carnivore. I grew up meat and potatoes, like most, you know, people. Yeah. I, I grew up. I, with, I grew up in Saskatchewan. You're Canadian, so you would know where I, how, what, what we ate all the time. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, and again, I think uh, like a lot of people, it was just a complete lack of understanding of how food was made and where it came from, um, and obviously the ethics around it, the sustainability around food production. So it was through that experience, and I was very much at the front line of the sort of animal farming uh, industry, that it was sort of a big shock. It was kind of like taking off the curtain being like, oh, what's going on here? (laughs) And I was like, wow, like, I'd always felt as an eco-warrior, I'd studied, you know, like environmental studies and engineering in school and worked in water treatment and stuff like that. So when I started realizing how this industry was operating, and how many people were in the planet, especially like, you know, if you travel to Asia and you see countries like China growing and the first thing they do is want to eat more animal protein right. as a sign of wealth. And you're like, there's a lot of people that are, yeah. you know, trying to transition there. And how's the planet going to support that? And you realize it's a failed system. Right. So that was one part of my journey towards being more plant based. Uh, the other part was my wife is Vietnamese. She's 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 Buddhist. And so she also grew up, you know, the same sort of diet that we would as Canadian, she grew up in Canada, but uh, through that lens, she started realizing, you know, you know, pigs were very conscious animals and right. why did we have to eat them? They were suffering. So a lot of the ethics around animals 
was something that she started looking at and she was cooking back then we had our first daughter and so whoever controls food starts you know influencing yeah. a lot of how you think right. and uh so it was a confluence and then obviously seeing my kids and uh when they were really really young i was questioning well what i'm going to show them and like a lot of people in our generation started getting a lot of anxiety around you know the challenges our our environment faces and you know right now this right. summer it's been like awful when it comes to you know the impact of global warming and you're yeah. seeing it in pakistan right now with the flooding right. and it's just yeah. constantly you're seeing that and so i always wanted to feel like i could show to my daughters that um, if you're faced with a big challenge, you can either just sulk and get depressed and because it can get overwhelming or you could try and fight and do something every day and try to be very positive in your outlook. And my way of showing that to them was to start a company that would try to enact change using right. the experience I had learned, the knowledge I had learned uh, at this meat company with this this business partner and dear friend of mine, John. So that was sort of the the genesis of of, of how we got into this. That's cool. That's funny you said that because I haven't, a lot of people don't know this, but one of my first jobs, because I play pretty good hockey. And so my coaches, my coaches would get us jobs. I worked in a meat packing plant. Oh, it's tough, man. That was the worst job I've ever had, to be honest. Even like, even if I ate meat at that time, I was the worst. Honestly, like, I I think that gave me more drive to get out and build business because I'm like, I don't want to do anything like that. And that's, that's you know, it's funny that you had that experience because obviously you're not really supposed to talk about what goes on in that side of the industry. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it, it gets really overwhelming when you see, you know, large scale slaughterhouses and cut up facilities and value added processing plants where they do like finely textured meats or hot dogs. And they, it's just, there's a lot of, stuff you see that that just kind of makes you question like what what are we actually doing and you know like oh. I, i'm not i'm 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 a strong believer in trying to encourage people to do things a different way i think just my experience the more you know right the more your humanity comes into play um we're not a brand that advocates you know you got to be vegan and, and and shaming people for not being vegan yeah. at all and that's not our shtick uh we just want to make it fun Take right. more vegetables. We want to make right. it exciting. And if people just have fun doing stuff, it's more approachable to them. And they can sort of discover that, hey, you know, I, I just ate a cauliflower wing and, you know, kind of feel better about myself right. and you know, didn't need to eat the chicken wing this time. And so that's how we want to win. That's how we want to win over um, and, and and try to make a bit of change, right, to, to help people approaching food. That's amazing. Can you, can you believe this? I've tried every vegan food like pretty much but i have never had a cauliflower wing well, you yeah. gotta try it now you've been on the show 100%. so what's been your biggest challenge in your business there, there are a lot of challenges being in business i think that's a hard question to sort of unpack just one okay. specific thing um i mean it, it it's varied over time you know there's been just the initial challenges of being a startup. I mean, when right. we started this thing and quit our jobs, uh, starting in my basement, I, I'm not, you know, super young. I'm 38 right now. And, you know, back five years ago, I, I had a career and it was a big risk. So doing that in my basement, having kids, pressures of that, not knowing what was going to happen. That was right. a really gut-wrenching experience. Um, you really dig into your belief system at that point. I think more recently, just the whole COVID experience and uh, right. managing all the uncertainty around that, 
and trying to manage a growing company in that environment, um, the huge logistical supply chain issues Mm -hmm. that derive from, uh, you know, the, 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 the COVID lockdowns that still to this day are affecting us in in real time. Right. I think Uh, people don't, don't look at that very much and understand that they think because you guys had a product that, you know, was consumable that more people would, would buy it because of COVID. But I don't think, you know, people from the outside look at the distribution channels were completely messed up. It's just hard to find uh, raw materials, ingredients. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. you find out quickly uh, a lot of like the supply chain is done in a, in a weird way. And, and, you know, like we have these, these breading systems, right. That we order. And those are right. made from club ingredients that come from other suppliers and, you know, plants would shut down for COVID outbreaks or they wouldn't have access to, um, you know, uh, certain raw materials coming in. So it was just, it was a, that, that was an interesting challenge. I think more recently now, uh, just the impact of inflation and how that's affecting consumer habits, we're seeing a lot more focus towards national brands, uh, sorry, uh, private label versus national brands like us, uh, which offer differentiated products, but people are looking for value right now. And so I think, again, trying to answer your question best I can. Yeah. I think oh, that's awesome. In any given moment in time in the journey, there's a new set of challenges. And so, you know, I guess the way I've dealt with this is every time they're there, just try to really hone in on on yeah. why why we're doing this, what we're trying to achieve. And, you know, just with the team, you know, we, we, we have a team and it's like, guys, like we keep going this direction and focus on what we can control notwithstanding all the conjecture that can be wild and you know just super difficult to to grasp uh, if we stay focused and stay focused on our mission and try to just put one step forward each day if you look back eventually you know you've, you've gotten somewhere yeah. so I, I think that's the way to approach it because it's just it can get really really overwhelming 100 i agree with that i always just say to our teams and in business i mean we're just nothing but in problem solving that's really yep. what we're in and the better we can be at problem solving, the faster we're going to win. And so I'm always like, uh, I always find that interesting because there's so many different problems that come up in a day. You know, it's funny you use that word. And one of the things I've developed is a habit, uh, because again, when you start getting like different things thrown at you and then it creates anxiety in the team, it's yeah. like, guys, we are in the business of problem solving. That's what business is. I like to use the word challenge because yeah, I like yeah. to sort of make it more positive and just yeah. like guys like we have an opportunity to fix a challenge right and yeah. so we got a lot of opportunities in front of right, us right and i think a lot of it has to do with how you frame the situation you're in and if you can convince yourselves as a group that you know again you approach one thing at a time and you solve for that and go on to the next thing and you know again there's going to be new things that pop up all the yeah. time as long as you stick to that sort of positive approach um, and you try to simplify what's in front of you uh, and keep at it, right? Right. Uh, it's the only way, man, because there's just there's too much going on. <laughs> I, I remember, and I always say to my team, remember, you know, when there's no challenges happening, remember when there was no challenges, we weren't really making any money. <laughs> but when there, there you go, when there's, yeah, when there's there, when there's more and more challenges, we're starting to get there. We're getting closer. We're starting to make some money. We're growing the business. So. <laughs> No, and and that's true, right? I I think as you you you, it's funny. You're always thriving to scale. I think inherently our industry is designed around that because it's such a low margin industry that you yeah. need to scale. 
And so there's that pressure to grow. Right. And so I think I'm not sure every business might be, you know, built around that, but I think it holds true for a lot of different industries, but it's definitely for food. Um, and so I guess you're the, uh, you know, you create your own set of uh, new challenges or opportunities, if we want to call them still cool. problems. But yeah, because as we as we grow, there's new things that happen and uh, they pile up. But it's exciting. It's exciting when you see growth. Uh, it's definitely nerve wracking when you don't. And we've had those issues at time where you know things are not moving along to plan. And again, this year has been interesting, just to see the shift in consumer behavior and right. uh, just. Nobody knowing what's going to happen, I think right. is really interesting. And I was speaking to some uh, some gentleman who has business, and he's been doing this for like 40 years. And he was like, right. oh, you know, like past three years have been so bad. In past four years, I've never seen the industry like this. And he was ranting on. I was like, ah, for us, it's all we knew. That's yeah. We grew up yeah. in this mess. So for us, yeah. we're kind of, I guess we're, uh, <laughs> we're adaptable to very, I guess, challenging times. I just don't see it getting any simpler. I think the yeah. barriers to entry are low. I think the competitive environment is huge. I think, uh, you know, just the, the way our industry is shifted, it'll always remain very, very competitive, very, very challenging. And, and so I guess for us, it's just maybe a blessing in disguise that we didn't know any better. So yeah. we, we don't have the luxury to complain and reminisce on, you know, when things were easy, quote unquote, because for us, it's just been like this since day one. It's true. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, I think you know, it is competitive and most industries are, you know, a few industries are not quite as competitive, but most industries are, are pretty competitive. And, and I always tell people in the end, it's just, you know, when you have a good product or a good, decent service, it's a matter of how good you become at operating that business, how good you become at a CEO, how good you become at leading people, building people, building community. If you get good at it, you'll, you'll, you'll win. But I think too many small business owners don't focus on all that stuff enough. It's almost like, hey, we got a product, we can open a business, and then there's about a billion moving components that come with it. Yeah, it's interesting because that really leads to a good point, right? It, at the end of the day, it, it's it's like for us, for the way we're built, a lot of it is about building a brand. And so people are like, well, what's behind the brand? Well, there's a story, right. there's a culture behind that. There's a yeah. purpose to it. And so, you know, we try to focus on uh now a lot on on just being more transparent more authentic with yeah. our consumers about what we're trying to do make it fun obviously yeah. the thing your band's very colorful you can see yeah, yeah you got like as soon as i looked at your shirt i right away got like fun poppy you know brand, yeah, that, that's right but, because vegetables are misunderstood as far as i'm concerned because i find them colorful beautiful and people find them boring. I mean, to be honest, when we first started the company, uh, my business partner unpacked a really interesting consumer insight. His background was in strategy. Um, and, uh, so in North America, people were under consuming vegetables because they thought they were a lot of work and didn't taste great. Now, that sounds crazy probably to people listening to this right now, but that still holds true today. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, hey, let's make vegetables fun. Let's make them bright, vibrant. Yeah. And... At that time, five years ago, when we started, the uh, nascent uh, movement within this whole plant-based thing was the meat alternative, the meat analog companies that were starting to pop up, beyond right. meat being the, you know, the bellwether to that. And, you know, we were able to build our business and our brand around the idea of, hey, it's great that people are taking plants and trying to mimic meat and texture and whatnot. I was a big fan of them doing that. Uh, but that 
food was, you know, definitely very processed. Uh, and so, you know, for us, it was like the key insight was with the consumer insight. Why don't we just build a brand around simplicity, around vegetables, celebrating them, making them fun. Right. And so all the messaging around the brand is around that concept. So yeah. the colorfulness, the products are very colorful. We yeah. started with patties that were bright red and bright green right. and bright yellow. Nothing was added. It was just vegetables. Yeah. And so, you know, vegetables are bright, fun. And so we want to yeah. go against this sort of notion that vegetables are drab and your mother right. used to eat them and, you know, they're terrible and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. So we're trying to make it fun. And so that's a lot of our culture now is being transparent and, and making it easier for consumers to appreciate that. That's great. I love that. Do you guys have a mascot yet? Uh, it's funny. We've had conversations on that. We actually would go to trade shows and dress as different vegetables and we've tried different things. I think there is no mascot for holy veggie, but, uh, it's something we, we, you know, we bounce around as ideas. I think it's, always fun to have those creative conversations. You get these crazy ideas for activation. They're like, who's going to do it? When, how are you going to manage it? Where's, where's the budget for that? And you, you know, sometimes we'll get on these like brainstorming sessions and it, it's, it's got, that's the other thing is like when you're building companies the way we are, like from, from, from the start and you know, you're, you're obviously not bullet of resources. Uh, you have to be so focused. And yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. for us, like, we, we get all these ideas and, we realize that we won't be able to execute against them. And so we're trying to get better at that. Like that's, that's something we've learned over time to, you know, accept that less is more, you know, right. less is more for us at this point. And uh, we used to be like oh, all these ideas for food products and, you know, bunch of foodies at the company, you know, just very excited and, you know, sort of, Hey yeah, guys, yeah. We're, we're stretching ourselves thin and we already have a lot going on. So we've definitely like tried to scale back. And so the mascot would be one of those things where it's like, yeah, let's look at that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you guys, if when you guys do pull the trigger on that, because you have a colorful, fun brand, I think that you could e you could play the to the TikTok crowd on that at a high level, which maps back to your business objective. And I think you'll get the organic reach from the talk on that that will build brand. I think it's a good investment for you that would bring you back. Uh, I think it would pay for itself over and over again, done smartly. Well, I appreciate that feedback. And uh, like I said, it's something that we've, we've discussed. Uh, so you've honed in on, you know, and there's been a lot of crazy ideas, like, uh, but some of them were definitely not achievable. Like we always <laughs> talked about like, you know, dressing, you know, the, the, there was that, that wiener uh, mobile that used to go around. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> wanted to do a carrot and, you know, drive around us and like yeah. be missed by people eating. So, you know, we're, we're always trying to come up with clever ideas. I think right now we're just trying to be a lot more engaging yeah. with our consumer base so they can understand that, you know, we're, uh, you know, who we are. And, you know, we have a small team. We have a small team. They're very dedicated. You know, we trust them. Our culture is built around trust. Right. Um, and they're very engaged with consumers. Whenever they meet them, whether it's customer service, there's an issue. Yeah. We always go the extra mile. We have incredible people uh, on that right. end. And, you know, when we do demos, we always try to surprise them. Uh, we try to entertain on social media. And so that's kind of how we approach, um, you know, trying to punch above our weight uh, right. from a marketing communication standpoint to, for people to understand and appreciate the brand. That's awesome. So do you guys, um, with, with you guys, uh, so do you do um, like your, are you, you're, you're a consumer, right? Like people can go to your website and buy, or are you putting product into the, into the stores or both? 
Yeah, sorry, my dog's barking. No problem. Uh, we couldn't hear it, so. Okay, good. Yeah. Dylan. Okay, so yeah, to answer your question, so people can find Holy Veggie at www.holyveggie.com. Okay. There's a store locator. We are mainly a company that uh, wholesales into grocery stores. Okay. And so uh, most grocery stores in Canada and uh, quite a few in the U.S., you can find our product. Um, and so again, if you go to store locator, it'll show you which of the products you can find. And, uh, if you're thinking holy veggie, it's, you know, our food products are traditionally appetizers, uh, cauliflower wings. You know, we got these bomb mozzarella cheese sticks with upcycled cauliflower and we've got, uh, entrees. So we've got these, these meals and trays, meals and bags that are, you know, super, you know, clean and healthy and got vegetables, but protein and, yeah. uh, just, you know, very, uh, very high quality, delicious, super convenient. So you'll find those different uh, food food items in uh, grocery, grocery stores uh, across the country. And if, so if you just punch in your postal code, you'll see where you can find the products. Okay, perfect. And did you guys, how did you get started? Did you bootstrap? Did you do a raise? Did you do friends, family? Yeah. Oh, so from a capital perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of boots, bootstrapped at first. Right. So, uh, you know, we partnered with a chef. He was actually a meathead. Uh, this guy has like 50 smokers in his backyard. He's, <laughs> right. you know, he's a big guy, you yeah. know, not the guy you think about for a company promoting, you know, vegetables. But yeah. uh, we <laughs> wanted to win over the mainstream consumer. And so uh, Chef Ted Reeder, he was, you know, this known entity in the barbecue space and and we knew him from our days in the meat company and so we're right. like hey dude like do you want to help us do this and you know let's start building this and then we partnered with some food scientists as we move forward to try and help us get these products going right. and we kind of knew the functioning of the industry from our prior experience we knew where to find you know manufacturing partners and logistics and all that um the route to market for the national food channel was something that we didn't truly understand and appreciate how many layers there are. It's a very messy right. route to market. Right. Uh, there's a lot of hands involved. Yeah. Uh, which is why the margins are low because there's so many companies touching your product. Right. Uh, but you know, we we went down that path, and so we started bootstrapping, and then it got to a point where uh, we were going to get our first POs. We got a loan from uh, Futurepreneur. Okay. Uh, and and EDC they sponsored it. Yeah. And then after that, we started raising money from um, I guess you'd call them angel investors here in the Toronto right. community, yeah. and we relied on them, and eventually brought in a family office here in Toronto as well. And that's kind of how we've been, you know, supported to help right. uh, grow the business. Yeah. Did was it? Did you find challenging when you started to go out and raise the money? Was that a big challenge for you, or were you able to pull it off quite easy? It's always a challenge. I think uh, raising capital is one of the things I don't like the most in the in in my role. Right. Uh, but it's a big part of it, right? And in our industry, it's it's really hard. And um, if you don't have capital, you won't be able to succeed. Now we haven't raised nearly as much capital as some of the companies here in Canada have, and I feel we've achieved a lot more. Right. Um, you know, we're sold in you know five thousand grocery stores. We'll be yeah. at thousand by the end of the year. Um, we have, you know, we have decent unit economics. Uh, so I think, you know, we've done a, a decent job on that front, but it's always hard. You never know who's going to come in uh, right now. If you're trying to raise money, it's very difficult. People are yeah. freaked out, right? The market's gone down inflation and there's a lot of noise. There's been a bit of a hyped up thing with plant-based where stocks went really high up you think about beyond meat and Oatly and now they've yeah. tanked back down and corrected. And so yeah. there's a bit of hangover there. 
I think for us, we just don't want to be associated to those because we feel right. we're just great, you know, food company that's focused on millennials and uh, that solves solutions around value added vegetables. And it's a really clear category you want to own. And so that's how we present the business to, to prospective investors. And again, we've executed our plan uh, in terms of, you know, winning more distribution and bringing in products that, you know, resonate to consumers and are very innovative uh, to to the set. The reason why we've gone distribution is because our retail partners have been successful with our products. Right. And why they've been successful is because we brought innovative formats to the categories. And so we've grown the categories for our partners. And so that's kind of how we've tried to grow the business. And so, I mean, investors are interested in those stories, right. uh, but it's always a challenge. You always got to, you know, be people and talk to them and, um, you know, thankfully we've, we've been, we've been blessed with some, some support from, uh, some, some key, uh, stakeholders and, you know, we're, we're always going to be in that process, I'm sure. Right. So when you said, um, because there's a word that you said that I believe two, if you get two things right, builds a business and, and can scale a business innovation, one good innovative idea can take a business from here to here overnight. And then, uh, building teams, if you're good at building teams and innovation. You can get a business you know, get it going quite well. Back to your word, you said there, you said you kind of created more innovation with inside going into the supermarkets and stuff. So was that more innovation on packaging and on brand feel? Or when you said that, where was that? At the onset, it was really product positioning. It was very much product specific. So going back to those patties, there were these meat analog products coming out. People understood when we talked about, you know, make it, uh, you know, build a format, uh, sorry, a, a food item that celebrates vegetables. You could see them. They were clean. They were, they were just very different than fake meat products. Right. right. And so I think intuitively people got that. And, uh, you know, then we start like the cauliflower wings that was, you know, that had never been brought to a retail grocery store. We were the original company to bring that to market. So that's another thing where, you know, um, appetizers or something that were, right. you know, it's a category that, you know, was kind of stale and yeah. we brought a food item that we we saw in restaurants quite a bit and really helped grow that category so the the products were really what really drove the bus initially Got it. i think now you know we've undergone a huge rebranding um and we the reason we did that essentially is in the grocery store when you go to the freezer it's hard to 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 see anything right and you know there's always fog and you know condensed True condensation on the door. And so how do you pop out? You stick out. So we yeah. went with this really bold packaging and we're trying to be more brand focused today. Uh, because especially when we started growing distribution in the US, nobody had ever heard of us. In Canada, right. people had had a chance to interact with us through trade shows and this and that. But like during COVID, there's no real opportunities. We didn't have the financial wherewithal to do traditional marketing campaigns and do it that way. So we thought it'd be clever to reinvent and reimagine our packaging and our design okay. and really think outside the box. Right. And so that is innovative in of itself is the, the design and the look and feel. So if you look at our products, you know, we kind of went against some of the category conventions. We have less food pictures, which is not standard for a food company. Uh, but we just felt by being very bold uh, on shelf, people would, you know, yeah. gravitate towards us a bit more. Um, and so that is something we feel is, played out well um so that was innovation in 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 more of the you know to your, to your point the branding and the packaging side um that's huge. i mean that's that's huge innovation for you guys because that, yeah, you know, especially in your type of business that 
that's either going to catch that eye on that shelf or it's not, you know? So I think that's crit was so critical for you guys. Yeah. I remember we were very nervous about right. this out because we had a brand that people liked, they right. Loved, right. Like people had gone to know holy veggie and look very different. And it was, it looked like a lot of the natural food brands, you know, right. it was approachable, you know, the palettes and the tones. Yeah. And it just, so it was safe. It was definitely safe. And we decided to, uh, because we had momentum, we always like to say, be bold when you're, you know, when you've got momentum on your yeah, side, yeah, yeah. don't do it when you're on your heels. Cause then yeah. people think you're scrambling. If you yeah. want to take risks, take them when things are going the right way. At that yeah. time we had good momentum and it was like, let's go, let's do this. But I was, I was nervous when we were about to go live and bring this out. So, but it was, right. again, it was innovative and uh, we're constantly trying to do that. So we've got these these uh we brought these uh these products that are doing really well right now with consumers these these cheese sticks right. and built uh you know plant-based cheese stick item and we also um incorporated upcycled cauliflower in the, the in the product and so as i discovered obviously going back to the root cause of the business being around sustainability and you know the idea of eating more vegetables which usually will be at the expense of more traditional animal agriculture products is a net benefit. I also discovered how much food waste is in our industry right. and I was shocked. And so, you know, John and I, we jammed, like we have to start working uh, on, on, on food products that can incorporate the idea of upcycling. And we think right. upcycling is an important uh, trend and something consumers need to be more aware of. So our yeah. products now, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to do that, especially with some of the, very rigid brand guardrails we had around right. products and definitions. And we try to be really, really, uh, you know, compliant with natural food. Yeah. Um, and so, but to the extent where we can incorporate or encourage uh, upcycling in our, in our, in our, in our food, it's something that we feel is, is really important. Just in Canada last year, there was 11 billion metric tons, metric tons of food that went to waste for no reason. Uh, and that's before all the waste in the household or in the in in the restaurants where you know there's a lot of yeah. <laughs> food being brought. My kids they don't finish their plates, so we always try to be mindful. But just in the manufacturing food chain, 11 billion metric tons is is just astronomical in Canada. And so such a, such a wrong system, hey? It's just there's a lot of waste, and there's great brands that are trying to solve for that. Uh, and so you know we just want to do our part. And again, it was something that we unpacked as we were more embedded in the industry. Right. Yeah, I mean, here we we help we feed the homeless here once a month in jackets and do stuff. And I partner with some of the restaurants, and and one we're just finished a big deal we're doing with. But a lot of the big grocery stores donate and give us free stuff, and a lot of the restaurants, you know, and stuff. And and I kind of keep it quiet because there's a couple the restaurants in Vancouver that I'm close with, and uh, you know they have a lot of waste, and so. Uh, they qu quietly we get it out the back door <laughs> and make sure it doesn't go to waste you know it's like it's like an underground you know it's so funny because you you know you know it's when you think about it it's such a a, a backwards thing that needs to be overcome because you got to feel like you're actually doing an underground thing of sneaking out food to give people who are less fortunate like you feel like yeah. you're a drug deal you know there's, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's something really um really uh, hard to understand about what you just said. And I think it speaks volumes as to just how people just don't realize it. I, like for me, I, I, it was like, you guys are throwing all this stuff out. Why? Cause it's got a day of shelf life or it doesn't look right. The shape. And I was like, like how much of this, right. And then you start seeing the metrics, you're like guys, this is insane. And 
the food industry at, at a point had so much opulence, right? And was right. just, you know, uh, highly subsidized and just, you know, there's just so much waste. And and we're now in a reality where we can't do this anymore. Yeah. There's 8 billion people on the planet. Uh, there's huge climate issues right now we're trying yeah. to solve for. Uh, the old way doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And so if we don't start thinking like this and if people are going hungry and they can't access food that's being thrown out of the restaurant, uh, we're we're not progressing uh, as, a, as a civilization. And so, again, what happened is in the past and we got to deal with it today and we got to solve for it. Uh, but that way of thinking and just, you know, throwing out imperfect vegetables because they don't look great. It's just I, I don't even think our generation even uh, respects that anymore. I yeah. think that, like, there's so much concerns right now that, like, when you, when you start explaining that that's still going on to this day, people don't get it. And that's why some brands are doing well positioning themselves in this sort of, uh, you know, less, less waste, you know, more upcycling, which is the term they use when they say like, rather than throwing it out, you right. utilize it as food. Um, and it's something that we're, we're, we're big believers in, right. It's something that is really near and dear to what our mission is. And so right. um, we want to encourage people to, uh, to support uh, that, that trend. That's good. I mean, and we all should be big believers in that everybody should get on uh, the wagon for that. And that's why we're having these conversations, because when stuff like this comes up, more people get educated, more people get inspired, more people want to step up and do something about it. And so right. that's why it's important to keep communicating and communicating and communicating and communicating. You know, it from business, you have to say something 20 times, 50 times before somebody finally gets it. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, tr true point. And uh I mean, I could speak about it all day. And like I said, like I, I, uh, I, I, I try to view myself as some sort of like, you know, eco warrior, our, our company, our whole tribe, we're like the veggie warriors. We're a bunch of misfits trying to, trying to make it work, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and, and it, sometimes it's good to put a chip on your shoulder and, and make yourself, you know, because uh, we, we go up against a very established industry with very established behemoths, whether it's the retailers or the, yeah large conglomerates in the CPG space, food industry. Yeah. So you always kind of feel like you're the little guy fighting, but we're also fighting with these sort of these, these, these huge and complex issues at front of mind. And it, yeah. it's very motivating because like I said, right from the get go, when it comes to my daughters, it's like, Hey, a lot of people get overwhelmed and, and they kind of, they, they internalize and, and they sort of retrench, you know, like when, when yeah. they see all yeah. this stuff, it's like, yeah. It's like, I get it, but hey, if you feel like you're trying to do something, you'll feel more empowered and you got to stay positive, man. Like you, yeah. you have to, whether it's foolhardy or not, uh, it's just a saying, uh, the sanity of your mind is around, you know, being positive. A positive mind will always have, you know, better balance. And so I try to force that. Uh, and um, our team, they all kind of feel that way about what we're trying to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's so needed. I mean, you know, that, you know, talking about that positivity, I always, you know, say when you're growing brands and, you know, especially when you're growing a brand that is working to change the world, you know, you better be leading that brand with lots of positivity and good culture yeah. because you're, you know, that's what you're doing. That's what you're preaching. So it was like when I named our company Actions of Compassion. I mean, you know, I know I was tied in to grow a company that was top to bottom compassion, you know, and so... <laughs> you have to you have to breathe it i mean you know change the world we want to be realistic in terms of like we want to inspire people to do that i think we're you know 
we just want to be make sure we do our part, right? Yeah. We want to feel like what we're doing is right. But to your point, if you're if you're trying to do something, you better be believing it, living it, and be very authentic about it. And as a, as a startup or a growing company, if you don't have that, you'll never succeed because it'll get very daunting at times. And if you don't have that belief to fall back on, that sort of reminds you why you're going through all this. Because it's like, yeah. why am I doing this again? Oh yeah, okay, that that okay, that still makes a lot of sense today to me. So that's worth to keep going, you know, forward off of. And yeah. uh, you need that fuel. You need that that system. And so I think inherently, if you're you're being successful, if you just keep going, which to me is a sign of success. You need to have that. And so to yeah. your point with your business, you're compassionate through and through. And, you know, we believe in sustainability through and through, and we understand how food can play a major role in that. Yeah. And whether we make a small part or a big part, we'll see. But as long as we're making a part and inspiring change. That's the key. I mean, if everybody does some kind of part, Big, small, medium, doesn't matter. That's how the world changes with everybody. And that's how these conversations with like me and you and other people inspire more people. Every time we do compassionate acts and do our compassion stuff, more and more people get on board from around the world. More and more groups are for more and more stuff. So I always just tell my team, you know, you, you don't know who's watching and, and you don't know who you're inspiring. Just keep doing good and it'll keep happening. You know, and I think that's why, you know, before everyone kind of cuts down the internet now and social media and stuff and you know, it's so bad for mental health and stuff like that. And yeah, there's times there's a bad part to it. But there's also a part where when I started business, we didn't have the internet and we couldn't talk like this. And we had to take out ads in the newspaper and we had to do flyers. And there was none of this. You know, you had to get on a plane and go do business with somebody in Toronto or you would never meet them. So, you know, I think we've got something that we can create faster world change because we can access more people faster because of what we're doing, even me and you right now. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And technology is a huge platform. Um, you know, it is, you know, being used or, or being directed to people in a way that's, you know, can be concerning. I know you have a, you have, you have a son, I believe you were telling me, I've, I've got two young daughters. I'm always really paranoid over social media right now. And but it's all about education. And and to your point, there's a lot of really interesting things. And, and I love how if I'm trying to teach my daughter something, I can go to the internet and find, you know, just short videos that can demonstrate a concept in science or whatnot at my fingertip. And when I was growing up, none of that existed to your point. And it's just, it's such a, such a great platform if you know how to use it the right way. And so for us, you know, having an opportunity to talk about, you know, why we do what we do and share that with people that are like-minded or curious about what it's like is an incredible opportunity. Um, and again, I'm glad to be able to do this today. Awesome. Thank you so much. And and I think that this is, you know, when so many people will kind of bash social media, but social media, and this is what actually gives small businesses the fighting chance nowadays, because it was hard to go against, you know, when I had, you know, brought the curves franchises to Canada, I mean, you know, you had to have deep po deeper pockets because you had to take out ads in the newspaper. You had to do radio spots. You had to do, you know, 30,000 flyers a month, you know, and stuff. And so, you know, it didn't give smaller brands, if you didn't have, you know, you, you needed deeper pockets for all kinds of dollars. And so now I think, you know, 
you got a bit of a chance. You know, if, if somebody doesn't even have a lot of money, I mean, and if they're motivated, you can get on and go do six TikTok videos a day. You know, if you're motivated and keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and then finally somebody will start to see you a little more. So I think we got a better chance against uh, the big boys that can spend a million dollars a month on marketing or a day, some of them. <laughs> It's definitely leveled the playing field uh, field for uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, I've seen it, man. I've seen brands that, you know, have leveraged those platforms very intelligently uh, and uh, have done an incredible job. And, and what they've done is pushed themselves out of their comfort zone, gotten very creative. It's something that I, uh, I was never too great at, to be honest. It's never been my background being more of a technical guy, right. uh, but we're getting... We're doing it more because, again, to your point, it's it's important. And uh, at the end of the day, people need to understand a bit more what we're about. And it, it it creates that direct relationship between the people in the company and the end consumer. And for us being with all these layers of distributors and retailers and, you know, the sea yeah. of sameness on retail grocery stores, uh, having that ability to connect with them, even if it's just for a bit and tell them what we're doing is really impactful and it's powerful. So, so powerful because, you know, I just think about people watching right now and me knowing you now, well, now who am I going to buy? Like, really, when I go in the store now and I'm looking, I know you, we have a relationship. I know your story. I know what you're trying to do. So that just shows right there. People watching right now will walk in and be like, oh, I used to buy this massive brand, but I don't even know who the CEO is. I don't even know anybody in this company. So it, it just shows right there, you know, the importance, the importance of it. Well, I hope what you say is true. Uh, regardless, I hope some of the stuff we're talking about does inspire uh, some thinking uh, on some of the people that are kind enough to be listening to us today. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a big platform, social media today. Totally. Sure. So we'll leave it at this. Uh, I know you said it once again, but tell uh, everybody where they can uh, get your stuff at, uh, websites, social medias, anything like that. Yeah, so www.holyveggie.com. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y-V-E-G-G-I-E. -E, Holy Veggie, just like on my shirt. And uh, on social media, at Holy Veggie. And again, most of your local grocery store in Canada, uh, a lot of them across the United States, and in, some cost, in Costco in the UK. So for our friends who are in the UK, you can find Holy Veggie at Costco. Um, so... That's that's uh, that's where you can find our products. Amazing, everybody. So go uh, check them out. Try their product. Uh, they're doing good in the world. And as you can see, there's a lot of higher purpose with inside the brand. So I would highly suggest everybody support them. It's important. It tastes good. Vegetables can taste great. So that's what we're trying to show you guys. 100%. Awesome. Okay, everybody. Take care. Thanks so much for this, bro. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.